0: You can see free movies outdoors at the market, play tic-tac-toe against a live chicken to win prizes, and find out how a guest who couldn't pay his bill led to what is now a barbecue icon in Hot Springs. Plus, the latest on projected flows if you want to float the Washita River, all ahead on Hot Springs This Week. Hot Springs This Week. A look at things to do and people to meet in Hot Springs. America's first resort. So welcome to our first true episode of Hot Springs this week, including an in-depth interview. You can always follow us on Twitter at HS This Week. We'll post information about upcoming podcasts there. And you can find us on a lot of platforms on our website at MyHotSprings.com, weekly on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. So we'll hope you'll subscribe to this podcast. And please leave us a review when you get done. Let us know what you like or don't like. One of the most iconic restaurants in Hot Springs has to be McLard's Barbecue. Multiple generations of McLards have kept it alive for 91 years. And we'll talk to Scott McClard in just a few minutes. But first, we're going to jump into some things to do around Hot Springs. So we're looking at activities that start the week of June 17th and go on for a little bit. And with us is our, our, our social diva, Jennifer Bailey, who's on our sister radio station, KLAZ. First thing we'll tell you about ongoing is the hot springs fishing challenge anywhere in lake hamilton or Catherine, there are tagged fish out there catch the fish if it has a tag you call the phone number on it and they come bring your money
1: and they're worth a good amount of money too thousands
0: yeah and and they're catching them left and right
1: yeah they are they've writing they've been writing a lot of checks
0: This sounds like a lot of fun. Adventure Quest is at the Red Light Roastery. Presume it's the 1920s. Bootlegging is going on. Your job is to deliver your hooch during Prohibition. So you get a beverage at the start, a meal at the end. Now, this is not free. You have to pay to do it. But it sounds like fun.
1: This sounds like an absolute blast. It's it's. Different, in my opinion, from the whole dinner theater or right. murder mystery dinner theater. This just, well, it's, it involves red light roastery. It's in Hot Springs. It just sounds like an absolute blast.
0: Tickets and pricing are at eventbright.com. By the way, if you're into those sorts of adventures, also know that Hot Springs has two different escape rooms you can enjoy. Those are a blast as well. Free movies at the market. That's at the farmer's market. On Thursday the 20th, The Avengers Infinity Wars. And then on Thursday the 27th, Mary Poppins Returns.
1: I've seen Mary Poppins Returns. If you haven't, it's a fantastic movie. So even if you don't have kids, go see it. It's just wonderful. And Avengers Infinity Wars, I mean, it's the biggest movie of the year.
0: Isn't that great that they're doing that? Again, it's free. No glass containers, but absolutely Take a picnic of some kind if you'd like. Gates open at 7.30. They show the movies at dark. Monday, the 24th, the Hot Springs Concert Band will do Sounds of the 60s. That's part of their summer concert series. That's also free at Whittington Park.
1: I love all the free outdoor stuff in Hot Springs. It's one of the best things about living here.
0: Uh, for the youngsters out at Mid-America Science Museum, June 24th through the 28th, lots of different summer camps. And just call Mid-America for all the descriptions, but they're doing things like dinosaurs or doing things from space. It, it's great for the kids.
1: Your kids won't even know they're learning they're having so much fun.
0: Great. <laughs> okay. All right, this is crazy. At Oakland, it's the one of the biggest casino promotions going on. It's running all of this month and into next month it's chick-tac-toe
1: i cannot wait to see this go down this looks like a blast
0: this is where you play tic-tac-toe against a chicken and if you beat the chicken you you win a prize you win free play and you get a t-shirt that says winner winner chicken dinner i don't think the chicken think that's so funny but i think probably it's probably not funny. that's in the casino i don't casino think the chicken had much say in this the chicken had no say but you know the roots of that are really from hot springs it's a casino promotion it goes all over the country but the roots of that are from the iq zoo here I in hot springs remember the iq
1: zoo yeah i'm glad that tradition is carrying forward
0: saturdays every week nine to noon the farmer's market is open uh if you like to mountain bike the northwoods trail which has been awarded the best trail in arkansas will have a full moon ride on June the 17th. I'm not doing that one.
1: No, I don't think I'd be. I'm. I can barely ride a bike on a sidewalk in bright daylight. In the middle of the night, it's probably not the best plan for me.
0: But boy, if you like to mountain bike, the Northwoods Trail is getting so I've heard, much.
1: I've heard wonderful things. Great about the publicity Northwoods all trail.
0: over. Live things. None of these are free, but you should know about a Maxwell Blades uh, magic at the Malco every night except Sunday. Uh, lots of different shows at the Hot Springs Dinner Theater. That's buffet and a dinner. Uh, you can Google them to find out. And uh, at Magic Springs water park and theme park you know if you buy a ticket to get into the park their summer concert series is free Mm -hmm. um 98 degrees will be out there june 22nd oh
1: i know a lot of people around my age stupid excited about that one
0: magic com. if you want more information about that thanks jennifer you're welcome there's no question that if you ask somebody in Hot Springs about barbecue, the name McClard's is going to come up. It's been around for 91 years. So we went over to McClard's and visited with Scott McClard. And here's what that sounded like. Scott, if you, you look at the menu, there's a story about McClard. So let's start with the story because this didn't start
2: out to be a restaurant. No, it didn't. Um, actually, I could have wound up in the hotel business. I could have been a Hilton, I guess, but... Now I'm wearing an apron and grease all over it, but hey, I'm not driving. Um, We actually started out at my great-grandfather, Alex McClard, and his wife Gladys started out at a tourist court. And it was about four blocks to your west here, maybe four or five blocks. Um, a tourist court back then was just, uh, it was like little bungalows. And I think they had six or seven bungalows, and you just paid by the night, you paid by the week, just however you wanted to do it. Um, He had a little bar and a one self-serve gas little pump or something out there in the front. And I think it was like a six-stool bar and he just served breakfast. And that was just mainly just for his travelers, the people that were, you know, spending the night in the bungalows. Um, He had a visitor stay with him for about a week. And the guy came to him on the last day and told my great-grandfather Alex, he said, Hey, look, I don't have any money. But what I do have is a recipe for some barbecue sauce, and it's pretty good. So, I mean, and this is my grandfather telling me, you know, he's my grandfather told me about my great-grandfather. This is the story from him. And he said, hey, it's better than nothing. So he took the sauce, um, let the guy go, took the sauce recipe. And so they just kind of played around with the sauce. And it was good, and I think mainly what my great-grandmother and grandfather did was cook the sauce. I think that was what they did, and added a few things to it. Um, so he said, hey, why don't we serve something here, instead of breakfast. So what you served back then was goat or chicken, because you didn't eat beef. I mean, if you ate beef, you were a Rockefeller. You were living large. You know, you had a wide full of money. So you ate goat or chicken. So he started serving goat and putting barbecue sauce on there. Next thing you know, that little six stool bar is full of people wanting lunch and wanting barbecue. So it turned into a little breakfast place with coffee and eggs into a barbecue place. And they were like, hey, you know, Alex, you need to do something with this. You should open up a restaurant. So one thing led to another, he opened up a restaurant. Um, They made the move here to where we are, 505-Hour Pike, Uh, I think it was 1949 or 1950 they made the big four block move to where we are today, Um, and it was half of this building, believe it or not. So what you're looking at here is like we would be on the outside. This side was built in 52 or 53, and they had to add on because of all the popularity, because of the business. So they added this side on. and 91 years later, which blows my mind, to be a standalone restaurant. 91 years later, a fourth generation is down here, and and it's not just a restaurant. I mean, I, at the risk of sounding like I'm flattery, it's it's. Yeah. It's iconic. It's it's a piece of Hot Springs history. It's a piece of Hot Springs history. It's a piece of Arkansas history. And now I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to brag here, but I mean, because I didn't make this. This is not. All I'm trying to do is carry on, you know, the uh, the tradition that my great grandfather started, and he taught that to my grandfather. My grandfather taught that to my father, and then my father taught that to me. And that's all I'm trying to do is just carry this on. And it's a lot of hard work. So well, I was going to be before we
0: sat down. You excuse yourself because you had to go check on the ribs. And so I'm just looking around the restaurant because we're sitting in McClard's right now. I see easily six or seven employees
2: here, but you're still the guy checking on the ribs. Yes, I am. And to be honest with you, I think that might be the reason why we're here. 91 years later, that's why we're here. Um, It would be nice to be able to come down here, open the doors, get things going and leave. But that's how a business fails. I believe that's how you found her, is by turning your business that you've worked so hard to build over to kids who don't really have any pride in it. So, yeah, I think that's why we're here. So,
0: somewhere, either your father or your grandfather must have instilled some family responsibility in you, if you feel that strongly about it now?
2: They did, and it's not just... uh, not just the responsibility, it's just the pride, you know. They, they tell you about the pride of this restaurant, and like, like I was just telling you, when my grandfather would tell me a story about his father starting the restaurant, and then my grandfather would tell me a story about him, you know, one of his trials or tribulations down here that he had, you know, maintaining this place, and you start to build that, you know, like, wow, okay, these people worked their whole life to do this, and my father worked his whole life down here, you know, to do this. So, yeah, there's a huge sense of pride. So the whole story about it starting as a
0: motor court and yeah. the guy giving your great-great-grandfather the recipe, do you think that story ever got massaged a little bit as it got handed from generation to generation?
2: The thing is, it act- that's the actual story. That's actually how it happened in no one, just like you, which I understand. It's a little far-fetched to believe, but it's the truth. People, There's some people that just look at you with a cock eye and go, okay, now tell me the real story. I'm like, that's the real story. That's how it happened. So how close is the recipe today to the recipe that traveler gave your great 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 grandfather? You know, I'll never know that. I will never know that recipe because the only recipe that I know is the one that my great grandfather made. You know, and the one he handed down to you know, to his two sons, Fred and JD, and then the one they handed down to my father, you know, to to Joe and to Philip and to John, my uncles, you know, and that's another thing. I've got my uncle down here. My uncle Philip comes down here in the morning, uh, two o'clock in the morning. Two a.m. is here to get everything started. Then my other uncle, John Thomason, he comes down here uh, about seven o'clock in the morning. Then I get here about 11 o'clock in the morning. So you've got family here 24 seven. I mean, it's almost like, because when I close up at night, it's about eight thirty, nine o'clock. Well my uncle's coming in at about two o'clock. So there's there's not a lot of time when, when there's not a McClark down here doing something. So you wanna know how we last, you wanna know how you make it to ninety one years, this is I think that's the recipe. You wanna know about a recipe? That's a recipe. You you hold family members responsible and you have family members that care deeply about the responsibility of carrying on a tradition. That's what makes us famous. So the ribs
0: you just went and checked on, kind of give us an idea of how many ribs we're talking about, and when will those be served? And, and in fairness, I mean we're doing this discussion about four o'clock on
2: a on a in the afternoon. So ribs will go um, every two hours, um, depending on the ambient temperature in the pits. You know, um, we've got um, anywhere between probably. 25 to 30 slabs of ribs each cooking, you know, probably maybe 30 slabs of ribs each cooking. Those will cook two hours each until about 5 or 6 o'clock. Those ribs will be served today. All of those ribs will.
0: So, for a guy who doesn't really know anything about barbecue, I know if you talk to beer makers, they'll tell you uh, you know, we want to personally check the hops that are going to our beer. So
2: what, what are the things that you have to check on to maintain what you want at McClark's? Um, it's it, The main thing that I want to check on is the meat quality, because that's where it all starts. And if I don't have good meat quality in the beef, I don't, we don't have good meat quality in the pork, we don't have good meat quality in our ribs and our hams, then you got nothing. And you can't pour enough sauce on crappy meat to make it good, you know. So that's my main concern. We get into... Some seasons we get into a really bad bad spell with some skinny ribs and it seems like we have to fight with our producers sometimes and it's always during a drought season uh, that makes skinny pigs, I guess, (laughs) like skinny hogs so we get skinny ribs. So um, that's really my main thing, that's my main concern. It's like that song, you like big butts and you cannot lie. That's it, you like big butts and I love big butts, I don't like skinny butts. (laughs) What about the wood in the pit? Does that make any difference? Can you burn any wood, or or is it? You can burn you can burn any wood, but you're not going to get a flavor. You need a hardwood. You need an oak. You need a mesquite. You know, personally, I don't like mesquite. Um, you need a hickory. You need a cherry. You, you know, um, an oak and a hickory are probably your most famous hardwoods for smoking. They're going to give you a lot of flavor. Um, We've just constantly uh, used hickory here because it's indigenous, so um, that's just the meat we've been cooking with since it started.
0: Across the parking lot, there's a wall that lists all, many of the things that are on the menu. Has,
2: over the years, has the menu changed much of McLaren's? Man, that's another thing I was telling you about consistency. That's what people want when they walk in here is consistency. And I've changed a few things, Um, you know, we've added a... I added a seasoning and a pepper sauce. Um, I've changed a few things on the menu. Um, One of our employees, Don Green, suggested that we do sausage. So we're doing sausage now. It's a big hit. They also suggested that we do turkey, so we're doing turkey now. That's a big hit. But you can't change things down here. If you do, you have to take baby steps, because when people come in here, they expect things to be the same and they want it to taste exactly the same. Now. Putting new things on the menu, that might offend a few people, but the majority of them are willing to give it a try. And if they don't like it, especially our regulars, they're going to tell you, "Hey, this is crap. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> don't ever do this again." So, like, um, like for instance, this year I'm offering like a like a, a beef macaroni and cheese with our smoked beef. So. I've had a few, you know, we've had a lot of people like it and, you know, we've had some old-timers be like, you know, why the hell are you serving mac and cheese, you know? So you have to be careful with what you do. But I try to maintain that balance in between staying with our menu, which we would never change, staying with our menu and adding a few things. And that's a delicate balance because you can really make people mad. Um, Our french fries for example, like our french fries, people just love our french fries, they love them. We we get the potatoes off the truck, there's not a lot, by the way, there's not a lot that comes off the truck besides dry goods and meat, because we make everything here, but getting back to the potatoes. um, The potatoes are, we get them in home, um, empty the boxes, clean the potatoes, hand peel the potatoes, you know, run them through a, a grinder, um, wash the potatoes, and then flash fry them. And then after you flash fry them for about two, I think, like two or three minutes, you pull them out, and then we cook them. It's not really anything difficult to do, and some people, or actually not some, but a lot of restaurants just won't take the time to do that, because it is, it's labor intensive. It's another one of those things, is you know, that's a lot easier if you got it off the truck and it came out of a bag, but they're, they're handmade potatoes down here, you know, I mean, we make them. Um, We've had people actually, to be honest with you, we had a fryer go down a couple times, you know, throughout the years. They'll come in and they'll sit down and they'll want a ribbon fry, you know, or they'll want, you know, a beef lunch with a order of fries. And the waitress will tell them, "Hey, look, our fryer's down. It's being worked on right now." They'll get up and walk out. I mean, they'll leave. They're like, like, we still got ribs. We still got beef. We still got pork." But they love the fries that much. It's like, no, we'll come back when the fryer gets fixed.
0: I'm, I'm gathering from the from the times I've been here, you, you, there's no question there are regulars. And I, sometimes I get the sense that the regulars, no matter what's on the menu, order the same thing every time they come. They do.
2: They never waver. They always get the same thing. Like um, there's, an, there's an older gentleman that comes in and he always gets a chopped beef sandwich, order slaw, order beans. And the greatest thing in the world for me, Neil, is for... This old timer to look at me and go, you know, Scott, this sandwich and those beans and that slaw, it tastes just like it did when your grandfather made it, or he, it, you know, he'd say Grandpappy when your Grandpappy used to make it. To me, that's a touchdown. That's like, boom, okay, touchdown. That's that's exactly what you're shooting for. That's what I'm shooting for. That's what I want. I, I want this older gentleman. To tell me that's exactly how it tasted back in the day so there are barbecue places around that serve tamales i gotta ask about the tamale spread
0: because a lot of people will say that when you go to mcclark's you absolutely have to have the tamale spread or a lot of people at lunch you have a half spread and that's hard to think. but where did, was that on the original menu or is that get,
2: where did that come from the tamales didn't get added until we moved here to this location in the early 50s um there was a gentleman downtown by the name of conrad ritter and it was Ritter's Hot Tamales. And he had a little store downtown, and he would go on a horse and buggy and go around town and sell his tamales. And that's all they sold. it was Ritter's Hot Tamales. My great-grandmother loved the tamales. She was just obsessed with tamales, and she was trying to get my great-grandfather, she was like, we need to serve these here. And he was like, no, you know, he was very adamant about it, he was like, that's not part of the barbecue menu, tamales don't go. So you obviously know who won the fight you know if it won. But the the great thing about it is not only did he give in, but it was such a success here at McClar's that when Mr. Ritter passed away, his kids came to us to my grandmother and grandfather, not my great grandmother, but my grandmother and grandfather came to them and said, Here's the recipe Their kids were doing other things. I mean they, they were like in Chicago and all over they were like, you know, here's the original recipe. So they gave my grandmother and grandfather—the original recipe for the tamales. But those
0: are the tamales. What was the what was the generation of the tamales spread? Which is hardly just a couple
2: of tamales sitting on a plate. Yeah, it's hardly. Yeah, it's. Uh, well, you have to credit my father, Joe McLeod, for that. Um, we had a dishwasher. His name was Billy Norton, and this guy was insane. Basically, we have two dish- dishwashers back there right now. Okay. Well, Billy did. Back when things were crazy, crazy busy, Billy did the whole job by himself, and he could do it lightning fast. I mean, just insanely fast. But Billy was drunk every morning. He drank a lot, and so, I mean, you're a great guy, good worker. But it wasn't until about one or two is when Billy starts sobering up. You know, so it was one Saturday morning, and things were just crazy. And Of course, Billy came in but he was drunk. So my dad goes to the back, no shocker there, right? So my dad goes to the back, he gets a plate, he puts some tamales on it, he grabs some chips, he grabs some beans, he puts some chopped beef on it, he puts some cheese on it, and he said, Billy, eat it now, sober up, you gotta get to work. So so, so, he's, so he eats the thing, right, and he sobers up. So the next day he comes in, and it's about time for his lunch, and he goes, hey Joe think you can make me another one of those things you made me yesterday. <laughs> it's like, I think I can. So yeah, so he made him pretty much the same thing. So it was tamales, it was beans, it was chips and beef and sauce and cheese. So all of a sudden we had people down here, like our employees going, this is really good. So they're eating them for lunch. All right, well, then they would come out at the bar, at the table, my employees would. They would come out at the bar, at the table, they'd start eating it. So you got a regular or somebody new coming in going, hey, what's that? What do you eat? Oh, it's some spread Joe made me. And, it just, and that's what they said. It's some spread that Joe made me. Okay, so then that grew from about 15 to 20 people here in Hot Springs. Some of our regulars would come in. You know, the waitress would ask them what they want off the menu and they would say, no, I want one of those spreads that Joe makes. So when you first started serving it, it wasn't on the menu? It wasn't on the menu. It wasn't on the menu. It was just a handful of regulars that knew about it and our employees, you know, that would get it because it was so good. So then, one thing led to another, and it was just like, it got out of control, and it was like we had to put it on the menu. So now, believe it or not, this is crazy. So now, believe it or not, you've got our ribbon fry, which is like a pound of ribs, or a pound and a half of ribs covered in fries, which is our top seller, with the hot somali spread, like, closing in on the top seller, on our ribbon fries. So, put some things in perspective, in terms of, uh, I don't know how you,
0: quantify what you cook every day in terms of is it ribs is in
2: pounds is it slabs how do you keep up with how much you have to put out on the smoker every day we go as in like we put on according to the business of the day before so like if we go through a bunch of meat and we know we have to put a bunch of meat on the next day if we don't then we know if we go through a bunch of beef we need to load up on beef for the next day same thing with pork or ribs Ribs is usually a constant, to be honest with you. We always have to do a lot of ribs. But um, in general, around the summertime, now this is a summertime crowd I'm talking about. You're looking at about 3,000 pounds a week.
0: This is a small place. Does that mean you're getting deliveries constantly or do you get them
2: once a week and you have a storage facility that I'm not seeing? We have a storage facility you're not seeing, it's over to the side, in, in a big uh, walk-in freezer, but we get deliveries twice a week. We get deliveries on Tuesdays and Fridays, I believe. Yeah. So I gotta I got ask, when you travel, do you wanna eat barbecue when you're traveling? No, I don't wanna eat barbecue. No. <laughs> But every now and then I do. To be honest with you, I do sometimes. And let me tell you the truth. The only time I'll stop, first of all, someone said, hey, you really need to try this. It's really good. And secondly, if I see a smokestack. If I see a smokestack, I'm stopping. If somebody says, hey, there's Joe Blow's Barbecue and in so-and-so in Mississippi, you need to stop. If I find them and I go in there and it's in a strip mall, I'm driving on. Because it's usually a rotisserie, it's an oven, and they use little wood chips, you know, a wood chip tray, and it's it's gas oven with a small tray that produces a little bit of smoke. I mean, I, I'm not at the risk of sounding, you know, really rude here, but um, I'm not going to stop unless I see a real pit. Have, have you been yeah. somewhere outside of Arkansas where you enjoyed some barbecue as while? Wow. That's really good, too. Yes, I have. Yeah, I have. Um, There's a, and I can't, for the life of me, there's a, gosh, there's a place in Mississippi, um, to be honest with you. Um, Oh, I can't remember the name. It's on the way to Florida. And it's a little shack. I mean a shack on this, you know, that red clay in Mississippi, you know, that they have down closer to the shore. It's set out in the middle of this red clay field, and it is a hodgepodge of two different buildings put together smokestacks everywhere and it's probably one of the best barbecue restaurants i've eaten have you ever thought about not leaving hot springs but moving from this particular location we have thought about it but you lose a lot of the mystique if we do um then you become a chain and then people go okay which one's better i don't want people trying to argue or will be arguing over, okay, well, the one over here is better than the other one over there. You're going to be losing business at either spot. And I, I, I wasn't meaning adding a location, but as opposed to just picking up the whole operation and going someplace bigger. Oh, really, there's no place I'd rather be than right here. I really wouldn't. I mean, maybe a bigger building, and we've even thought about that. But to be honest with you, Neil, I think you lose the mystique if we go to a newer building. I mean, this is what people want to see. This is why I look around. Like when we're busy, like 7 o'clock Friday night, Saturday night, we're slammed. I see people outside, and they're taking pictures of the building, just like with their phones, and everyone's taking pictures of the signs. They're taking a picture of that wall over there you know, that has the mural on it. They're taking a picture of the side of the building with their family standing in front of it. So if we build a nice, pretty, shiny new building, I... To me, I mean, I might be wrong, but to me, you're losing something there. Part of it's the food, but isn't part of it the experience? It is the experience. It is, you know? And that's, you know, the people waiting in line on Friday nights and Saturday nights, you know? We've had fist fights over tables, you know, with people coming in drunk after the racetrack, and that's always fun. And, you know, along with these dads and moms that I've seen talking to their children, like, you know, my dad brought me in here, my mom brought me here, we sat right here at the bar. Along with that, they want to have their kids experience this building and stand in line. Yeah, we got to wait in line. Well, don't they have like a number system? No. Don't they have a major D? No, they don't. It's just, you go fight for a table. That's, that's how it goes. <laughs> so,
0: over, over the years, with the exception of the couple of things that you've added to the menu, has McClart's had any other changes? Has, in other words, has the changes in hot screens caused
2: you to have to make any changes here? That's a tough question. It's a real tough question. No, I don't think it's forced us, it's forced us to bump up our game, like our, our advertising, especially on social media now and things have changed. And um, But as far as our food goes, no, no, we, no, we haven't really been forced to change any of that and we're not going to change any of that. We're, we're really in a, a tourist town. I mean, hospitality
0: is a big part of our industry here. So anybody we talk to talks about the problem of finding people, but I see people working here who have been here, it seems to me that I've seen them for a long time. Is, is attracting employees part of it? Is it a deal to work at
2: McClarts? <laughs> I don't know. It's Sometimes it's a nightmare deal. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, like our wait staff, yeah. I mean, once they get here, they're kind of embedded, like uh, Eleanor's been with us for, Gosh, 35 years, you know, she's been here for a long time. We've had waitresses retire here that have worked their entire life. We've had marriages come out of this relationship. You know, we had a a cashier fall in love with one of our cooks back there, you know, and that led to a marriage. There's been a couple of marriages down here, actually, because of working here. Let's talk about Hot Springs for a moment.
0: If you have somebody coming to Hot Springs to visit who hadn't been here before, you haven't seen them in 30 years, is there some place you take them in Hot Springs? Well, you really want somebody to have the Hot
2: Springs experience. What is that to you? I would probably take them to the lakes. I'd probably take them to Lake Washington. Uh, I would want them to see the beauty of Lake Washita and everything that it, has, that it has to offer because it's just an absolutely beautiful lake. Um, secondly, I'd probably take them downtown and try to teach them about our history and where we were, you know, where we came from.
0: How have you seen, just because you grew up here obviously, how has Hot Springs changed in your lifetime as a business
2: owner, someone who grew up in the business? How have you seen it change? First of all, i like to say I've seen it change in a good way. It's changed in a good way. Um, we've had a lot of growth downtown. We've had a lot of growth out 7 South, a lot of growth on Central Avenue. Um, it seems to be that we're taking more advantage now of the mountains that we have, you know, the trails that we have, the lakes that we have. I think we just kind of relied on just the lakes there for a while. Like, okay, go wrench a boat and do whatever you need to do. But now we're spending money on hiking trails. We're spending money on biking trails. We're making this a place, you know, that's diverse, not just, you know, laser focused on getting to the lake and going downtown. Do you see that in a change of customers here? Um, yeah, and I also see a change where um, a lot of people are expecting—they're expecting a really good dining experience. You know, I mean, uh, and that's what we, you know, that's what we try to offer each and every time they come in here. But there's a little bit more pressure on it now. Yeah, a little bit. So let's let's do the uh, the the lightning
0: round, the fill in the blank round for you. Okay. Yeah. If if you're not eating barbecue, you are eating pizza at Delucas. <laughs> Your favorite place to visit in Hot Springs, personally, or just for yourself, would be...
2: Lake Washita. Get lost in Lake Washita. Yes. Your favorite place to visit that's not Hot Springs, but is in Arkansas? Eureka Springs.
0: I love that place. Okay. <laughs> and then, your favorite place to take friends, and you mentioned the lakes and downtown, but other places that... It seems to me watching that the restaurant tours in Hot Springs, the local restaurant owners, have, have not maybe bonded as a kinship, but there's a lot of you that seem to really get along. You you comment on each other's posts and things of that. So, when someone, after they've
2: eaten at McClart's, where do you send them? <sighs> Nine times out of ten, I'm going to send them to DeLuca's for pizza, and then I'm going to send them to Steinhaus Keller for German food. And that's one of the two places that I will make sure that they touch before they leave here. Now, what's the next generation of McLarfts look like? <laughs> I'm not real sure. <laughs> I have two daughters and both of them are uh, they're out of Hot Springs and they're out of college and graduated and have uh, they're very successful and have fantastic jobs. One of them is in New Orleans and one of them is in Rogers. So, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. That's a good question. That's that's the million dollar question. I don't know. So they're not coming home weekends to learn the barbecue recipes? I forbid it. <laughs> I forbid it. I raised them. I told them that this is not going to be what you do. I mean, this has been good to me. This is what I chose. But I want them uh, You know, I want them to get out. I want them to experience it. I want them to get out of Arkansas, not just Hot Springs. I want them to like, experience it. If they want to come back, fine. But I want them to experience a few things first and then come back so finally as
0: we as we wrap up you mentioned the, the ribs covered in fries and the tamale spread so if somebody comes to McClart's and they're visiting and they can only come here one time one time because they're only
2: in town for a day what do they have to have at McClart's? you have to have the ribs if you don't try anything else you need to try the ribs and a hot tamale spread if that's all you eat they'll be guaranteed to come back i'm pretty sure
0: So my thanks to Scott McClard for taking some time to visit with us this week. Now, coming up in this segment next week, we'll go over to the Superior Bathhouse Brewery and visit with Rose Schweikart, who operates what we know as the only brewery in America that uses naturally occurring Hot Springs water from a national park to brew the beer. So that's Rose Schweikart next week on Hot Springs This Week. Now we're going to talk about water sports and what happens on the lakes and the river and to do that we go to Entergy Hydro Operations. Entergy owns Lake Hamilton, Lake Catherine and that's what feeds the Washita River or the lower part of the river and river updates and lake updates become important especially to property owners and people who like recreational uses so we spend a little time each week with Kimberly Bogart from Entergy Hydro and here's that visit. So a lot of people, of course, who come to this area come to enjoy all of our natural resources. That includes Lakes Hamilton and Catherine, along with what happens downriver on the Washita River. Kimberly Bogart is with Energy Hydro Operations. They're responsible for all of that. So part of this podcast on an ongoing basis will give you water updates, things you can be thinking about when you're coming to Hot Springs. Kimberly, let's get started with, with what you guys are up to in terms of water levels and what we should expect over the next few weeks.
3: Well, it's been a it's been a very wet spring, as most people know, for Arkansas. Thankfully, the Washita River region, which is what we are part of, is not seeing the types of flooding that we're seeing on the Arkansas and in other areas um, with all of the rains coming in from Oklahoma. So as far as our region, we've been relatively stable, but we've also been receiving some additional rainfall, which has increased our ability to generate for more electricity this spring because there's been more water available.
0: So what does that mean to the way the river and the lakes flow really the more you're generating the more current in the lake.
3: Yes there's there's generally you'll see a little bit more current in the lake but what it's really doing is because when we pull water from Lake Washtaw through Blakely Mountain Dam to generate power and then proceeding it with Carpenter Dam and Rimmel Dam to reuse the water to make additional power
0: so, for those who might be listening to the podcast and are coming to Hot Springs for one of their first visits,
3: mm-hmm.
0: Lake Washita feeds Lake Hamilton. Lake Hamilton feeds Lake Catherine. Lake Catherine then feeds the Washita River.
3: Right, and Washita River feeds feeds uh, Lake Washita up higher than it as well. But yes, um, but as far as the people that are enjoying the the float trip from Rimmel Dam to say down to Malvern, which I'm I'm quite familiar with because I'm, I'm out there most weekends myself. Um, it has allowed us to um to extend those hours sometimes because again you know when we're having to generate more we try to be able to provide more opportunities for for that float as well
0: is there a time of day that they generate power as or is that a constant
3: it's not it varies throughout but you know the the dams themselves are used the dams themselves are used to create power that's in excess of what, say, like a base load power would be. And so you got to think, when's that going to be? So typically, it's as the day gets hotter, the system needs a little bit more power. And so that's when they'll pull the dams on, which is helpful for us because that's in the afternoon hours when it is hotter out there. So it allows us to, um, to release water for uh, that type of recreation. In fact, it's in our license that we will provide. Um, recreational flow releases. And it's been brought to my attention, recreational flow releases. You don't really know what that is um, as a person, but it's about 4,000 CFS or cubic feet per second. Um, To put reference to it, um, we'll generally be flowing somewhere between six and nine if we're doing full generation. So we actually actually curtail back generation at the Mm -hmm. dams to allow for 4,000 CFS. And what that does is if you're in a tube, um, you can consider it as a, as a nice constant float. You don't have to worry about um, dragging or having to, to portage as you might on another river that is fed by you know rain or, or springs.
0: There'll be movement.
3: Oh, there will be movement, but not too much. It is a nice, very relaxing float. Now, if it's over 4,000... That's not to say that somebody with more skill might not be able to, to handle, say, a, you know, a, a 6,500 CFS. I've never done it, um, but our recreational releases are defined as 4,000, and you can expect those between noon and 5 p.m. every Saturday and Sunday between Memorial Day and Labor Day weekends, including the holiday days themselves. So, so
0: great time to be on the river.
3: Perfect. And, you know, I've, I've enjoyed floating rivers all over the state of Arkansas, and, you know, you, you, you are really dependent upon the rain, such as the Caddo. I love floating the Caddo. And, you know, if it rains on Wednesday, you've got to be prepared to float on Thursday. And a lot of people can't just take off and go do that. But what this, this guaranteed recreational flow does is says you can plan on every Saturday and Sunday, so long as we're not in a drought, you're going to be able to take your family, go get a couple of tubes, and, uh, and put in and just enjoy a nice four-hour float.
0: Let's jump ahead a little bit to the weekend of June 22nd and 23rd because I know they're going to be doing some swift water rescue training mm-hmm. downstream. So now that's south of Malvern. Correct. But what does well, that mean to the, yeah. to does it mean anything to people who might want to float between Remmel and Malvern?
3: What it does is we have the guaranteed recreational leases. We have, We guarantee at least three consecutive hours. We try to give five hours. Um, between noon and five on Saturdays and Sundays so long as we have the water to do so Um, and what the swift water is is that we also will work with groups like the canoe club um, the swift water rescue trainings which we've been able to help um, facilitate training for swift water rescue teams from Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas and it's been really beneficial for our local um, responders because they don't have to spend time and money traveling outside of it but what it does is they use that four thousand recreational flow release but we don't limit them to 12 to 5. we try to plan to give them like a 7 a.m to 7 p.m start so that they can get a full day's worth of training out there so with the special releases what it means is that on those particular days such as the weekend of the 22nd you don't have to wait till noon to put in you can put in at 10 you could put in at nine if you want to jump on that river a little sooner
0: will it still be at the 4000 cubic feet that you were talking about
3: It will for those days. We do try um, such as in the weeks coming up, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, we still need to make power. We still need to generate to, to handle the water that's in Washtenaw. Um, you know, and so, you know, we aren't we are anticipating, you know, say again 65, 66, 6700 CFS going through the dams, but to facilitate this sort of nice easy recreational flow release will generally curtail it earlier in the mornings on Saturdays and Sundays so that somebody unsuspectingly gets on the river without it um, with it being a little bit higher than what they're anticipating so that we can support that idea of getting in at noon. Well on this weekend we're gonna bring it back even higher even earlier in the day to make sure that you know the right flow is there to not cause any problems.
0: So if you want some more information, I'm going to give you a website that you can look at from Entergy. So it's... It's called entergy.com slash hydro H Y D R O. And that way you can always be up to date on the information of what's going on do, on the waters.
3: We release um, we release um, weekly flow reports and it's an anticipated. It can change. You know, there is the disclaimer there that if necessary we can change. But we do advertise what our flow releases are gonna be. If say like we're gonna have a longer flow release for a special release on a particular weekend. It goes out on our Facebook page, Life on the Lakes. It goes out to an email listserv every week when it gets created, and you can sign up for that on the Energy Hydro page. If you want to learn more about recreation on the lakes, um, we're working on developing an energy.com forward slash recreation Um, which will tell you more information about um, flowing the river and and all the different landings and different recreational opportunities on the lakes themselves beyond just the downstream use of the the dams.
0: Well, I know Energy wants you to enjoy all the recreational opportunities that Catherine and Hamilton and the river provide. And uh, we'll be talking with Energy on this podcast regularly to kind of just keep you up to date if you're coming to town, what you can expect on the lakes, whether you live on the lake or you're just enjoying it on the weekends. Kimberly, thank you. You're welcome. So again, thanks to Kimberly Bogart from Entergy, to Scott McClard from McClard's Barbecue in Hot Springs, to Jennifer Bailey for talking with us about events. And to you for listening to this podcast. Tell your friends about it, please. Know that we're available on Anchor, on Google, on Spotify, on Breaker, and on Stitcher, along with our homepage at MyHotSprings.com. I'm Neil Gladner. We appreciate you being with us. Please follow us on Twitter, at HSThisWeek. Again, send your reviews, and we look forward to seeing you next week here on Hot Springs This Week. Hot Springs This Week is a presentation of kz
3: g News Talk Radio, a part of the U.S. station group.